Welcome to another episode of Discovering Your Potential Mom Edition. Today we have a very special guest, Tanya. Tanya is a mom, style coach, podcaster, and CEO of The Closet Edit. Please join me in listening to my conversation with Tanya. I love deep conversations, so anytime anyone wants to have a deep conversation, I'm in. Yeah, I love deep, deep conversations because I think that even though um, people look at me and they're like, oh, you're young, I don't think that you've experienced so much. Um, it's it's so many things that I've gone through that have led me to be the person that I am today, and um, I would never change anything that I've been through. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you because before we started recording, you and I were sharing stories and they're very similar stories. Um, And I think that you touched on being a single mom. How, how did you, I don't know, I I can't imagine because even though I was telling you that I had like a tough situation with my husband, I couldn't, I can't imagine what a single mom, what a single mom goes through but you did it for a while. I don't know how long, but you can tell me how long you did it. And I don't know, just, it, it's something I can't describe because I didn't go through it, but I was really close in going through it. And I always, it always scared me. I'm like, I can't imagine how I would be able to do it because I have two daughters and I have to manage to work and manage them. So how did you do it all? That is a, good question and yes being a single mom is like it's like being a mom there's like difficult moments there's ups and downs for me I think the hardest part sometimes is actually because I'm so used to it now it's my normal but when I go to my friends houses that are married with their husbands and I see them with their kids that's when it hits me the hardest because I see oh, you can actually get help. You don't have to take a shower with your baby every day. Like you have time to think you can pass your baby to your husband so you can read a book for 30 minutes. I don't have that. So I go to work, pick up my baby and I'm with her and I have full custody pretty much. So um, I have her every other weekend plus every day during the week except Tuesday. So it's a lot to take on, but again, it is my normal. And the reason why I did that it was a very hard decision. So her father and I were on and off for maybe five years. It was a long time we were on and off. Um, But there was something in me, I'm all about energy, I believe in God. There was something in me that knew that it was going to end and I just had to be ready. And when I was pregnant, I always promised my baby, I'd talk to her, I'd say, you are never gonna go through anything I went through. I will always take care of you. And I lived up to it. There was one night that her dad, um, he drinks a lot. And so there was one night that she must have been like, I think she maybe was like six months old. And I knew he was gonna drink a lot because he came back to the sto- from the store, it was like 7 p.m. He had a giant thing of whiskey, he had a six pack of beer, and I was like, he's gonna be drinking tonight. And um, he was talking to his family in Mexico on Zoom because it was during the pandemic. My baby's a year and nine months now. Um, So I had a baby during the pandemic pretty much. So he was on the phone with his brother in Mexico and he, his brother in Mexico was drinking and my, 
her dad at the time was drinking and I just told him, I'm like, you know what, Lonnie and I are gonna go to bed. Can you please, you know, just be quiet and just stay calm. Um, and it was like 1 a.m. and he comes in drunk, picks up the baby from the crib. I'm like, you gotta let her sleep. And he like did not want to let go of the baby. He wasn't being violent to her at all, but he was just like, wouldn't listen to me. I'm like, she's sleeping, you have to leave her alone. He's like, no, I want to sleep with her. And I'm like, you can't, you're drunk. You can't sleep with the baby. Um, long story short, it just took me a long time to try to keep him calm and take the baby away and put her to sleep. And just that moment scared me so much. I'm like, when people are drunk, you don't know what they're capable of. They don't even know what they're capable of. And I did not want to spend the rest of my life like having her grow up with that, seeing that, um, and hearing how he used to talk to me. And so I made the hard decision. I did a month without telling him. I was just setting up my situation, like, where am I going to move? Who's going to help me? Um, how many days a week can I work while I'm trying to figure out this transition? Um, it was a lot of planning in my head by myself, being alone in my thoughts. I didn't even really talk to my friends about it. I wanted to be sure with my decision before I went and told people again for the hundredth time, I'm leaving him. Um, and so I kept it a secret and I did it and I never turned back. I did not turn back. I never, since the day I left, don't miss him, never said I love you, never tried to get back with him. Like I just knew there's nothing in the world that will hurt my baby. So since then, I've been very happy and single mom life is hard, but it's so much better than being in a bad relationship. Yeah, and I think that it, like I'm speechless right now because I think I was in your situation for a very long time and I would always tell my family, I'm gonna leave him, I'm gonna leave him. And there were times that I would go sleep over at my brother's house or um, at a hotel and and I would feel lonely. And then I would think, I'm like, I can't, like, I don't think I can do this. Like I have to go back. Um, and I always went back and I always went back. And, and I'm a, so I wasn't a religious person for a long time. And then somebody, someone told me, they're like, you know, all your worries, all your, you know, your sadness, everything, you can give it to God and he will take it from you. You, you know, you'll be fine. And then I was like, how cool would that be? Like, I can just turn over my, my emotions over to this person that I don't see and I will be fine. Um, so I tried it and then like, you know, I, I started changing. Um, and then I started, I was like, you know, if people say, People can't change, but there's this person that I don't see that takes my stress away, that makes me feel much better and very comfortable. I'm sure that he can do something about this relationship. Um, and and I don't know, eventually things started changing for the better. And right now, I don't think that, you know, and my family is always asking me like, when are you gonna leave him now? Like. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not, and I hope I don't because and I've always set my mind that I want to be with him because I do love him, because I do have children with him and because I've been with him for so long. So I guess that I, I don't guess, like I actually admire that you took the, you know, the strength and all the work that went through your head for that one month that you were thinking about leaving him. It must've been stressful and I could not put myself in that situation because it's hard. Like I've tried it and I couldn't 
I wouldn't, I was not successful and I don't want to be, I don't want to do that, but you did it and you're perfectly fine. And that's something to admire because I'm sure someone out there is, is in that situation and it's hard for them because they, they're thinking about, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like I have two kids, how, what, you, all the things that could go wrong and could go right, but you did it. And since you did it, what would you say to someone who's in a similar situation and keeps thinking about it, but they don't have the strength to move forward because it's going to be hard um, and it's going to take a lot of, you know, it's going to take a lot. So what would you say to them today? Ooh, I've got so much to say. It's a very long journey to get to that point. It's not something that you'll think about and then you'll automatically act on and then it sticks. As you know, you've talked about it right now, you've been on and off and you have to leave sometimes. And sometimes you can't tell people because it's like that story where when you keep asking for help, when you really need it, who's gonna be there? When you're in a situation, and I don't know if yours was abusive, mine was very verbally abusive. And when you're in a situation like that, people don't understand or give themselves that much grace of how controlling another person can be um, over your mind, over what you think about yourself, over how you feel. It's a very hard situation to get out of, but you can if anybody's listening is in a situation like that. It just takes a lot of back and forth. And I suggest the thing that helped me, because I did it for five years. Um, and one, it took me having a baby because for some reason, sometimes women care. Like there was something in me. I was like, I am like mama bear came out. I'm like, no, my baby's never going to see this. I don't want to keep that cycle going because if I stay in it, she's going to be in it. and your children act on what you're doing. They act on your actions, what you say, what you do. They don't act on what you tell them how to be. Um, that was number one for me. Number two, in those five years, I worked a lot on myself through therapy, through um, self-help books, journaling. Um, the thing that helped me the most, I'd say, is listening to a podcast every day where they talk about positive things about mindset because you have to gain the strength little by little and there will be a moment if you know you're ready you just know at that moment but you have to gain strength and it's going to be back and forth you're going to make a mistake and be like you know what i left and now i'm going to go back and then i left again i'm going to go back but um just be kind to yourself during that time and know that you do it because there is fear you don't know what's going to happen but you have to believe in yourself so much and I say this to anybody because I've talked to other people that have been in these situations too when one door closes as meant to close and it's not meant for you it actually I know it sounds crazy but it actually gets easier like my life now is so beautiful my business has flourished like life is just beautiful and somehow when things are meant to be a certain way things start to unfold for you and you're like wow I was struggling so much trying to make something work that really wasn't for me that's not the path that God wanted for me and God showed me signs if you believe in God I don't know if you believe in signs but when I was praying on it when I was like God I don't know what to do am I meant to leave am I not I had three big signs before I left God's like I'm showing you what you need to do but he 
humans, we're stubborn. We think that we know what we want, but God just has a better path for us. So once you let it go, God will open up the door and be like, see, I told you, this is what was waiting for you. Yeah. It, so for me, and I, I, I thought about that a long time because I would always ask God, I'm like, give me a sign that I'm supposed to be with this person or, or tell me that I'm not supposed to be with this person. Um, and it seemed, I don't know if I misunderstood them. <laughs> but for me, what I took from it was that I was supposed to be with this person. Um, because like I said, you know, things have gotten so much better. Um, and I hope they stay this way. But if they don't, of course I know. And, you know, I did a lot of, I worked on myself too, because I was the type of person that I was very emotional all the time. Like I would cry. I would be very insecure. I'm like, oh my God, is he doing this or is he doing that? Um, so it took a lot of work to get to where I am now. So I think that makes a, you know, a difference in how he sees me and how I see myself because, you know, when I wasn't, when I was so insecure, when I was so emotional about different things, um, I feel like it was so much easier for, I don't know, it was just very hard. Like, I can't explain it. But since things got better, I know there's someone out there who's struggling um, or that they're in a, a relationship with this, with the person that's cheating on them and they're just hoping that this person's going to change um, and they're just sticking or, um, you know, they, they're like, I'm gonna leave him and they don't leave him. And then they have the friends and the family, the family who are always like, Oh, you said the last time and you're still there like you like it you want to be there because you haven't left do you think that people would actually change or how can a person remove themselves from that situation um where you know it could be a man or a woman because you know not just because men are unfaithful women aren't, aren't because they are so who, how can they remove themselves from that situation um i know we talked about taking care of ourselves which is the perfect thing but of course there's more to that so how how would that happen or how to get started to get to that place I also before him I got married at age 18 and I was married for seven years we didn't have children but I was married for seven years and with him it sounds a little bit like with you where in the beginning you're like your emotions are everywhere because you're young you're still learning too um, what it is to be in a relationship, what it is to be really angry at someone, how do you talk about things? Um, I think that's just normal growing up, especially if you get married young or if you have a partner when you're that young and you slowly learn, you're like, okay, we can't, we can't argue like this every day. This is not like a thing. Like, <laughs> um, and my husband, he did cheat on me a lot. And I was that person I just stayed for a long time, but we actually, in our relationship, it was very interesting. I think people find that too when they're young because you like have that connection and um, you sometimes think you can't ever find anybody else. And we did love each other. We had, besides the cheating, we did have a beautiful relationship and that's why I did stay with him. We were like best friends. We did everything together. But I don't know exactly if it was because I got married young with him. I think it was a mix of things. but. I didn't open up a lot and that's where my anxiety came and I think that people are in a situation where they're being cheated on 
or they are being in a verbally abusive relationship, I think the most important thing is to talk about it because when you have shame, that actually, and when you keep yourself closed off, that's what actually causes more anxiety. And even up to now, I don't have the anxiety I used to have. I still have anxiety though. And then when I feel it, I know it's because I'm suppressing something I'm feeling, like I'm not talking about it to the person I need to talk to who's causing it or to a friend to just take it out. I think the number one thing is to do that because when you talk about it, it loses its power too. So when you talk about things, it makes it easier. You start feeling less shame about it and just taking it out takes away that anxiety. So if you're being cheated on, talk about it and talk about people you trust. Don't just like talk about with your friends and family that you know are gonna make you feel about like, oh, then why are you with him and you know, you don't need to hear that. You just need somebody that can listen and love you and not judge you. And there's few people in life that you can do that with. Um, I suggest saying things out loud, not keeping it to yourself. And what if the person doesn't change? What? But oh, the person. Oh, what if that change and then they? I mean, we're still there because, of course, there there comes that fear that if we're alone with children it's going to be hard it's going to be tough so i'd rather just stick here where i'm in a like a good spot but i'm still getting hurt and my feelings are you know trashed and i feel i'm not i'm you know insecure what about that um i think it's it took me a long time to learn this and i think uh people just People, I do believe people change. I've seen it, I've done it for myself, I've seen other people go through it. People can change, but not everybody is meant to change and we can't change people in the way that we want them to be with us. We are allowed to express ourselves, we're allowed to say, you know what, it would be great if we had a date night. Hey, you know what, it would be great if you wrote me a letter every once in a while. Um, little things like that, but you can't really change a person. When you find a relationship, I do believe that you need to find somebody that is on their own personal journey of growth and support them in it because you will always be at different levels. Five years from now, you might be this like awesome person like making millions of dollars and your partner might not, but he has to be your partner and support you and guide you and you still have to love and support him as he's learning. So it's finding how to like love each other on your individual journeys, but you can't ever change a person. So there's things that you know that you can't support that are draining your energy that put you down. I believe that's not someone that's meant for you. And then you do have to leave. Like for me, both with my husband, my ex-husband, we loved each other. And I could, I honestly, I could tell you right now, he was my best friend and I probably could have been with him my whole life. It was like that much. I probably could have been with him my whole life but I would know that he would always be cheating on me. Did I want that for myself or for my family or my security? I didn't. And so I had to weigh it and be like, he changed for a little bit. He changed for spurts of time and there wasn't cheating, but then it happened. And I started to become so used to it. And I was like, this isn't right. Like I shouldn't be, I didn't even get mad anymore. I'm like, oh, it happened. Can we talk about it? And it's like, I was desensitized. Um, and then with Noelani's dad, my daughter, it was also like, I did love him. I did love him. I will always love him. He's a father of my child, but the way that he was treating me, talking to me, it affected my business. It affected my relationships, my family, like the people around me. 
Um, and that's not the vision I have for my life. Even if I loved him, um, I don't love him more than what I could provide for my daughter, for myself. And so I knew that I had to let him go. So you have to know that you can't change somebody. You can be an influence. Like if you decide, hey, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be on my personal growth journey. I'm gonna go to therapy. I wanna get better in this. You can do that. And the other person, does, like you said, they start to adjust. So they start to see, oh, she's creating her boundaries or I need to leave her alone during this time or whatever. But they don't necessarily change sometimes the way that you need them to. But it does help. It does make it easier. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's all, I don't, I, I'm trying to take it all in because it's, I, I, I've heard things in the past that don't necessarily help. Um, because like you said, you want to open up about what's going on in your life, but you have to be careful with who, because if not, then you get that feedback that you don't want. And then you're like, oh, then shoot, why did I tell them this? Um, because I didn't get what I wanted to hear. Um, and I'm probably going to change like the the direction of what we were talking about from relationships to something else because you look great. <laughs> you look great. And, um, and I personally try to take care of myself. I try to, I've tried in the past um, too. And I can't manage, you know, to try to be fit or to try and, I don't know, incorporate a better, like a more healthy meal or to drink more water throughout the day. I've tried, but you know, there's always that one day where I'm like, I can't do this today. Let me just have a snack or let me drink a bunch of soda because I don't feel like drinking water. How do you manage that? Because, you know, our bodies do change when we become moms. Um, and it's, it, it's sort of discouraging in a way because we do have a newborn, we love this baby, but then our bodies are not the same. So how how do you manage that, you know, the how your body changed? Because like I said, you look great to have a baby. I'm like, I wouldn't have, you know, if I didn't know you had a baby, I did not, I would not know, I couldn't tell. Um, so how do you manage that? For me, health is very important. I feel like health and mindset work, prayer, I have a lot of things that are priorities in my life that I really try to schedule out. So in my planner that I have next to me, I have my planner and then I have a to-do list and I try to work out. For me, working out is just, it also, besides being good with my body, it somehow gives me energy and it makes me feel really good. Like pushing myself to a limit that I don't get to all the time energetically. Like, I don't know what it does to me, but it just gives me energy. It makes me feel better throughout the day. So on my calendar, I put five days a week I work out. And before have, and you have to adjust with your life. So before having a baby, I used to be a runner. And since I haven't, I think I've gone running in a, in a year and nine months, I've gone running maybe two, maybe three times. And my knees can't take it. My back can't take it. Like. I can't run. So what I do is I found an app called Sweat. I pay $20 a month. I don't have time to go to the gym. Um, so since my baby, I think I started working out when she was four months old. And from four months to, I think it was 10 months, I did the special pregnancy, um, after pregnancy workout. Super light, super light weights, but it got me used to getting in the routine again. And there were only 20, 30 minutes. And then after that, um, I did, I, and I'm still using it, it's called the Sweat app. 
and it's about 20 to 40 minute workouts and my baby because I've done it so long I put her in the high chair I do it during breakfast put her in the high chair have the TV on and then halfway in the workout she wants to get down so she's watching TV and I just get the workout and she's crawling around me she'll copy me so it's something that do something that works for you. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be going for a run. We're so privileged now. We have apps. There's so many apps for workouts and there's all different levels, all different kinds of things to do. So finding something that gives you joy. So I love salsa dancing. So in the beginning of my workout, the first five minutes says cardio warm up. I don't run or anything. I just put a salsa song on and I just start dancing for five minutes before my workout. And if you've seen my Instagram, I sometimes put it on there. I'm like all sweaty and I'm like just dancing. Um, so I think it's just important to find something that works for you and remind yourself why it's important. Like you, I think the main thing is not like how you look, but it's like, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you look in the mirror? How do you want to feel throughout the day? Do you want to feel energized? I mean, we have babies. We need like triple energy like those kids I look at them I'm like I don't know how they I don't know where it comes from I didn't give them sugar you know so we want to be able I want to at least be able to keep up with her some days are harder than others I'm like laying on the floor like oh my gosh <laughs> but I think yeah health is very important I think yeah it's, it's very important and I think about it too because you know I didn't grow up uh, I don't know how you grew up but I know like from where I you know my family it was my dad tried to sort of you know teach us to eat healthy but of course you know kids sometimes don't want to you know eat vegetables um and of course like at 10 years old you don't want to go and work out because i did like i would see my dad like you know he will be like oh i'm going out for like a walk or in the morning but it wasn't something that we were used to because we, we i did not grow up that way i'm sure my dad didn't grow up that way so now that I have kids, I try to incorporate it a little bit. Like my kids love vegetables and I'm very thankful for that because they're like, if I'm drinking like a green smoothie, she's like, can I have some? I want some too. Um, or she's like, oh, my mom is exercising because you know, they're kids and kids don't lie. They, they tell you the truth. <laughs> um, so I try to, you know, incorporate that healthy lifestyle, but it's, it's very tough when we don't come from that. Oh yeah, I did not come from that. Like we eat, it, my family's Peruvian, and so half the plate is rice, a fourth of it is potatoes, and then the other fourth is a little bit of meat and a little bit of veggies, and that's it. And up to now, my family still eats like that. Like we have our get-togethers, and my grandma piles on the rice, and I'm like, Mama, I don't eat that. And I'm like, <laughs> I take some bites, but um, I. As I've grown up and as you become an adult, when you're growing up, you start to explore what's important to you. So like I was mentioning for me, um, God, personal growth, my health, my journey with my, my business, those are things that are very important to me. And I always try to find every day to incorporate that in my life somehow. Even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, like praying is usually just five to 10 minutes for me. I try the journal as well. Um, and so making a list, I think list making is so important. Like what's a priority? How can you add something to a day? So even if you put in your calendar, like, okay, tomorrow, 10 a.m., 10 push-ups. like start with something small. And then from there, you'll be like, oh, that was easy. Like I could do that. I could do 15 minutes next time, maybe. Maybe I could do a 15 minute workout. So doing things that you can achieve so you can see, oh, I did it. Now I could do more. 
I think is really important too. Instead of just like being like every day this week, I'm going to work out because that's kind of overwhelming, like especially if you didn't work out before. So doing like little steps, I think. Yeah, and I, I do like baby steps because I was the type of person that always got discouraged um, because, you know, I was the first one in my family to graduate college. And as soon as I graduated, I was like, now what do I do? You know, I was hoping to graduate college and start making a lot of money. <laughs> and it was not that way. So it was very frustrating to me because I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why, why isn't this working out? And then I realized that I do have to take baby steps. And I hear you talk about your business. Tell me a little bit more about your business. What I sort of think I know what you do, but I don't want to get around. Can you tell me what you do? I'm a personal shopper and style coach, and I've been doing that for 12 years. And it's been the most beautiful journey. It's been my way in my life because I've been in bad relationships for the most part. It's been my way of kind of finding my own independence and place for myself and a way that I help other people. And it's very, when people think of personal shopper, they think of like someone materialistic and things like that. But my job is very much about understanding people and their lives. It's very much having to be intuitive and being a good listener because every single person I work with is different and people come to me in transitions of their life so they're getting divorced they're getting married they're turning 30 40 50 they just had a baby uh, they got a job promotion so something happens usually where they're like oh, okay like what I'm wearing doesn't align with me anymore like I look in the mirror and I don't feel like this is who I am or who I want to be and that's when they come and hire me and I've been doing, now I do it online a lot. I have clients in Thailand, I have clients in Congo, Africa, New York, Pennsylvania, Idaho, like all over the place now when before it was only here in Seattle. Yeah, and that's, that's very cool and very interesting. And you say you've done it for 12 years? 12 years. 12 years. So at the beginning, were you like, oh, I need to get this faster, like I'm not doing good enough but eventually you're there. Was it, was it like that? Were, like, were you very impatient? I'm very impatient, so I want things to go by like really quick. Oh yeah, I want things to go by fast. The only thing though that happened, I'll tell you a short story of the beginning. So I graduated college, I was working at a boutique for six months, but I knew I had a business plan. I knew I wanted to do this business. So kind of like with my book, I just started telling everybody, oh, I'm gonna be a personal shopper. I'm gonna do this and people are like, what is that? Like, you can't do that in Seattle and you're only 22. Like, how are you going to do that? Everybody put me down. I'm like, I'm going to be a personal shopper. And then one day I went to this beautiful hair salon because I wanted to connect with the owner because it was just so beautiful. And I walk in and I'm like, I want to get my hair cut from the owner. And she's saying, cutting my hair. And of course I tell her, I'm going to be a personal shopper. I'm looking for an office. And she turns the seat around and she's like, I'm renting a space upstairs. You'll love it. She's like, after I cut your hair, let's go up there. And so we walk up after, and I swear to you, it's one of those moments. There's few moments in my life where everything felt completely aligned out of nowhere. I saw this office and it was beautiful. It had like the French doors. It had a window to the city. And I didn't even think about it. I was 22 years old, working part-time at a boutique, recently graduated with all my student debt, no savings, married, we had our bank account together, I signed the lease 
And I go to my husband at the time, so excited. I'm like, I signed the lease to my office. He's like, you have zero clients. We have zero savings. What were you thinking? And that really, and that is not something I recommend for everybody. I had nothing to lose either at the time, but that pushed me to have to make it work. I had a lease for an office for a year and thank goodness for that because if I didn't have that thing, that fire under my butt to make me work, I probably would have just been talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna be a, sh- a personal shopper. I'm gonna start my own business. Um, so that kind of made me have to like go really fast. So how, what would you say to people? Because I, you know, I've been in that situation where I don't really tell people what I'm gonna do because I'm afraid that they're gonna say the same thing. Like, mm, I don't think so. Um, but you know, I've had people tell me, like I know my brother, he was always like, a, he would always tell us, I'm gonna be a millionaire. And we would always laugh at him and we're like, oh, that's, no, you can't do that. Um, and it probably affected his way of, like, you know, his mindset uh, in the long run. Um, but you know, until this day, he still says that he's like, you know, I'm gonna be a millionaire. And we still laugh at him because, but you know, now that I'm, you know, growing up and I'm learning new things, I'm like, well, I shouldn't bring people down because I don't think it's possible. Like anything is possible. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those people who have to that hear that, um, not yeah sort of like rejection and like they 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 get brought down because of their mindset that they were set in doing something but people don't believe in it Mm -hmm. I think that's something I've talked about with friends personally is the Hispanic culture is very sarcastic and growing up in that you can't have feelings you can't tell your mom mom you know what i'm actually not feeling well today like i'm having anxiety like that just doesn't happen like in a spanish household they'd be like i've been abusing them for like they're like you don't need any of that you need to go to school and blah blah so it's it's very hard in the spanish culture to get out of that um one you can't talk about feelings two you can't talk about big dreams because i think there's a fear um even when you become successful in something, going to family and people that do that, they'll still bring you down. They'll find a way to bring you back to their level. I think that is very toxic in a way. It's fun and nice sometimes, you know, it's very jokey and you laugh about everything, you know, and they make an insult in front of the whole family and for about you and stuff. But at the same time, it's not helpful in having people get out of some hard situation so i really do think mentors are really important and you might not ever meet your mentors but again going podcasts i think are amazing like finding three people that you really look up to and it could be for whatever reason maybe you like the business that they have or you like their mindset or you like their personality or you like the way they look whatever it is find three people you're attracted to from a podcast or a YouTube show and listen and listen and listen to that stuff because the more that you dig that into your head, the easier it's going to be. And you will feel like an outsider. I feel like an outsider with my family and I've changed my friends. I don't have the same friends I used to have 12 years ago. You'll notice that you feel different people in your life. The people that you reach out to and want to hang out with, that you want to give your time to, that you want to have conversations with, it's going to change. And it's okay. And with your family too, like maybe you won't see them as much, or maybe you just 
you'll be just the weird one. Like I'm the weird one in my family and that's okay. <laughs> I, I do, I see where you're coming from because I did grow up in that household and I, I don't think I was open about it. To, you know, I didn't say it out loud back then because I was super terrified. Well, I wasn't terrified, but it was more like, I knew I was suicidal for a very long time. Um, and when I did try to commit suicide, what I got instead of receiving that help is like, you're crazy, you know? So, you know, talking about those feelings, it's something that people don't, we, we can't talk about it. Like you said, we can't talk about it because people do, they, they look at you weird or they talk about you or they use that against you in anything They you know, if we get into an argument, you're crazy because you did this. Um, so yeah, trying to change that or trying to come out of that culture sort of, it's, mm -hmm. it's tough because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stop talking to my family. I don't want to stop, yeah. you know, doing that. But I can see how changing friends and, you know, trying to set a boundary that, you know, what you're going to say is not going to affect me all the way can help to help my mind grow. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's all mind blowing. <laughs> There's a lot, yeah. All the stuff that we grew up with, I mean, you have to kind of unlearn a lot. And you know what? Our, we're not perfect, and we won't ever be, and no one will ever be. And our kids, they're going to be going to therapy and talking on podcasts about us raising them, saying, we had too many feelings. Like, we had to tell our mom everything. So it's like, you know, we do, we do the best we can with what we learn, and I feel like it just gets better and better if, you know, people still want to work on themselves and everything. But... Um, it's very it's very interesting it is very interesting and we've talked about very interesting things today and before we go i want to ask you a quick question and it's very simple what is like something positive that you want to say to someone out there struggling either they're going through like a hard situation or they're in a um in a toxic relationship i think that's what they're calling now you're toxic which a funny story we went to a restaurant one day with my husband and I was you know I'm not a toxic person <laughs> and then you know the waitress came over and he I don't know what it was that we were talking about and, and you know my husband looked at me and he's like you tell him and then the guy was like oh you're the toxic one so yeah go ahead and tell me and I was like excuse me <laughs> oh my gosh dang and we, you know, we could not stop laughing because my husband was like, they can tell by your face. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, it was, it was really hilarious. But, you know, there, there's someone out there going through something very hard in their life right now that they need to hear something positive. So what would you say to them today? I talked a lot about different things I think are really important to get out of, but one thing I didn't mention is intuition. I feel like, especially women, men can dig into their intuition as well, but women have something special where they just know sometimes, and we ignore it, and your intuition can be, you can call it a sign from God, you can call it an inner calling, whatever it is, your intuition will show up and you will probably ignore it and you shouldn't. You will know when a situation is good or bad um, for you. for Because a situation could be good or bad and you can live through it, but what your body reacts to 
you're going to know. And with time, it'll show up. It shows up in disease. It shows up in anxiety. It shows up in depression. It shows up um, in eating disorders. It shows up in all of that. And I've suffered through everything. So, oh, sorry, my thing just went off. Um, when you close yourself off and you don't follow your intuition, what is meant for your life, you, you just get sick. And that's just what happens. So once you do change your life, you'll notice, like I said earlier, things get easier. And it's weird when things are easy because you you question like, how, how'd that happen? Oh yeah, that wasn't supposed to be in my life and I just kept ignoring it for way too long. Um, yeah, following that intuition and trusting it. It could be about small things as meeting somebody and having that feeling like, oh, I don't know, there's something about them that just throws me off. Or it could even be bigger things like starting a business or something, like something that you can't get your mind off of, like you have to do it. Like God does not put a dream in you that is not meant for you. A life in your mind, a vision that you have that isn't meant for you. Like your brother that wants to be a millionaire, God put that vision in him. He's supposed to be a millionaire. <laughs> like, But you have to follow that. So you'll get the intuition, but if you don't do anything about it, nothing's going to happen in your life. So follow your intuition yeah that's a really good advice and i'm going to take that into consideration as i'm trying to follow my dreams um and i'll be patient because i'm very impatient so i, I do thank you for taking the time um you know to talk to us today and to share so many good tips and advice with us and you know talk about this different topics that we touched on because it was all very interesting and and very helpful because I, like I said I am going to be taking this into my mind to work on it because it's it's something that people need to hear and sometimes they don't hear it but you were here today and you talked to us about it and it was great thank you so much for having me on this is really nice